cliffcentral.com. All right, we are live. It is a Thursday morning on cliffcentral.com. We've got Bugabuntu in the studio joining us for the burning platform. We've uh, we had to coax him into doing this, but he's decided he'll be part of it this morning. And we've also got a guest popping by a little bit later on who I'll tell you about in just a short moment. There's lots in the news that we need to talk about, including the power, uh, the, the car power ships. You heard about these? Mm. These Turkish ships that are coming? That are going to supposedly help us to figure out uh, how to sort out our, our ESCOM power issues? Yep, but we don't want them, right? Well, apparently well. it's just a big dis- environmentally destructive, dangerous – they park off the shore, these, uh, these terrible people run the thing. It just oh, sounds but, horrible. But, but come on, like, okay, the one I know about, right, the the Turkish one is – I think it's parked off uh, in Kabecha. PE. Oh, well, then who, who, cares, who cares about yeah, that? Exactly. The beaches are full of like sewage. That? That's a good point. The okay. beaches are full of sewage already. So we might as well park an obscenely right. stuff that's going to power the people. I don't think that's, that's a problem. A, that's a net benefit, right? I think so. So you're already he's climbing in. He's coming in hot. Bagabantu, look at this. <laughs> already, lots of opinions floating around. I'm so, wondering why he had to be coaxed into this. Because he he wasn't sure that he could uh, hang. Could well. No, be honest. You were you were worried. First of all, you were terrified of Pumi because you know that she uh, yeah. she tears people to pieces on this show. Exactly. That's the first I do thing. not. Like ah, the, 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 this show should be called Pumi's Burning Platform. That, uh, like that, she, that she's the prime master. Poor woman from the ANC Youth League the other day. So she's going to get back. I mean, not the, 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 the EFF. She's going to get back to the EFF meeting and it's she's going to be in such it, trouble. Speaking of the EFF. The list was put out yesterday. A very long list was put out yesterday. I think it's got about 400 names on it. These are the people who Julius says has not performed, right? These are the people who d- the names. These are the people who did not procure buses mm-hmm. to get their uh, constituents mm-hmm. to the celebration on Sunday because yesterday right. was yesterday 26th of July, 26th yeah, was the EFF's actual 10th birthday. Mhm. They're having a big celebration on Sunday, I think, yep. FNP Stadium. That's the one she invited us to, the yeah. VIP section. Uh, uh, no, Which no, I, I mean, no, I, no, it was for the poor, Gareth, have, and everyone is the poor. In this no, country, everyone she, is the listen, poor. Listen, yo, she did say, she, why were we not asking about invitations to the event? Because she wanted us, she wanted to give us VIP tickets and like, Ah, but I everybody thought everybody should be the same. I thought everyone was the poor, though. Even even the cigarette tycoon is the poor. Well, yesterday this is, they this had is, this is why South African politics is so complicated, Bakabantu, because people talk one game, but they walk another. Thank you. So the fact that there are going to be VIP areas at a socialist party's birthday party just proves to you what George Orwell tried to teach us in Animal Farm, that some animals are more, more equal than others. The book ends Speaking. with the sheep looked from left to right and right to left, and they could not tell the pigs from the humans. Mm-hmm. That's how Animal Farm ends. Well, you decide who the pigs and the humans are. But exactly. I'm very glad that we had the EFF on the show, and I said this at the time, and people were very angry that we were so nice to her. But we have to get these guys in here and we have to talk to them. We had some proper arguments, what? What? right? But I think we are nice to everyone. I think so. I, I think don't think we we're are. horrible. No, we're, we're nice to no, everyone. But I, I do, th- I, you, you I know, agree. I do want to talk about this, speaking about who is more equal than others. Mm-hmm. You know, this developing story now that the eight VIP servicemen. Ah, I'm so glad you brought this up. People are so angry about were, this, Phil. Rightly so. Have now appeared. 
for their first appearance in court mm-hmm. on Monday. And the big revelation was that Paul Mashatile was actually was in there. the vehicle. I, I called remember. it. Cause the, yeah, you did. You did say that. No, full credit to you, Bakabantu, because you did say this is bullshit. That guy was in the car. He probably told them to do it, right? Yep. And yeah. then the contortions since then, yeah. the mm-hmm. bloody contortions. Mm-hmm. He came out to say that he was nowhere near the scene initially. Yeah. And now, no, Liar. now he was there. He was in the car. And Liar. then everybody's favorite spokesperson, what is it? Secretary General. Oh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes out to say, actually, yes, he was there. He was in the car, but the doors were closed and the car was running. <laughs> and he couldn't, he, he couldn't could see. have never possibly known what it is that was happening outside. In fact, he thought the men were taking a comfort break. Yeah, sure. Because when all your bodyguards get out of the car and in the middle of in the, the, middle of the highway, you think, oh, well, this is totally normal. This is fine. It's a comfort break. What a lot of nonsense. Do they think we're as stupid as yes. we think they are? Yes. Okay. No, no, never attribute to malice what can be easily explained by yeah. stupidity, no, right? You, you are right. <laughs> Hand no, lines right. razor. But like, I called Fiki, I called, what's this guy's name? Poor Mashatile. He was there. He probably ordered it. That was a hit because he runs it like a mafia boss. We've known this for a while. Him and Isma Khashoggi well, are old gangsters, including Didi Mabuza. They are literal gangsters. They're gangsters. Okay, yeah. so here's the latest. Uh, Congo Chris says the blue light bullies have stated in their affidavits that they blame the media and the general public for their arrests. So it's not what they did. That's not a problem. It's that we are victimizing them. Yeah, no, we are holding them accountable, yeah. and we should we shouldn't, we shouldn't because be. they are kings yeah, and they are, and they run yeah. the country. No, we should not be so mean. Why are we so mean? Huh? I mean, this is to me the most perfect example of when you know you're in a banana republic. Yeah. Is when the goons, because these are goons, the goons get out of their car and they beat up two members of the public. Now, whatever those guys did, because they're also trying to say, well, they were driving suspiciously or they were coming down. We were told that they had guns, whatever. It doesn't matter what they did. You cannot. You need to be. The smart one in this situation, if you're, you're a trained. protection officer, you're trained and you're paid a ton of money. We spend close to a billion rand on just VIP protection services for these supposedly popular people in, go- in government in this country. We shouldn't be paying any of that. If they're so popular, they shouldn't need bodyguards. You know what's funny, Gareth, right? One of the things we always love about the South African government doesn't do everything right, right? But uh, if you've read a book right. by Mo Sheikh, and you also interviewed Mo Sheikh, right? Yeah, we had him in here. Yeah, Mo, Mo Sheikh, if you read his book, the intelligence is pretty – In South African intelligence is pretty good. It's astoundingly good. Zuma tried to destroy it, and he mm. didn't destroy it. He actually used it to a, a means to an end. That's yeah. how he infiltrated and knew everyone's yeah, numbers he, and whatnot. Yeah, he used it to yeah. collect those small Anyana skeletons. To collect those small Anyana skeletons, and mm-hmm. he built up a library. That's how he got everyone in that black book of his where he can just call a number and then, yeah. And then the Guptas also had that black book. So we have great intelligence in South Africa. Most I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. If we did have such great intelligence in South Africa, then we would have been able to foresee the July riots in 21 coming. I'm, I'm coming and, to that point. And something would have been done to mitigate. Uh, if we did have such good intelligence, we would definitely mm. be fully aware of, of all the nefarious activity that happens in this country, whether it is 
the underground payment system that feeds money back into ISIS, which we've now got as a confirmed. Really, um, really. If, this is happening. Or, or it's great, the huh? multitudes of foreign national warlords, gangsters, drug well, dealers, this place traffickers. Is a, this place is a haven for those people because no, no, no. One, no one's going after them, right? No, but I think it's all strategic, says Pumi. We do have that intelligence. So this is purely anecdotal. I can't mention who I got this from, but this is someone very high up. Uh, he's an uncle. See why we've got him in burning <laughs> platform today. He's got, he's got sources. Yeah, it's an anecdotal thing. He says a week before the July riots, he's currently stationed in Durban. He says a week before the July riots, we were called in. He's like, in China, we were called into a meeting. Uh, we were there with uh, South African intelligence. And then they were like, no, something is going to happen. We've been tracking calls. We've been tracking this. This is this movement. And we know this. But what they didn't expect is the amount and the casualties of that. They didn't expect the calamity of it all. But they knew it was going to happen. And Becky Kele purposely stepped away from it because it was all political because he was on the other camp and the other camp was supposed to take the blame. So we did know. And then in terms of the all ISIS and whatnot, again, Moshe's book breaks it down that Zuma gave... So when Moshe was running intelligence, he was at the top. So he had the final call. He had the, the red... Like the what? The red phone to call no. Jacob Zuma or right. the president at the time and say, well, this is happening. The president gets a daily uh, intelligence briefing. So Moshe I don't know if directly. Cyril does. Cyril probably sleeps late. <laughs> so Moshe had a direct Cyril line to the president. But, <laughs> but what happened now during this time mm. is that w- w- what Zuma did, he discredited intelligence by Go by by giving the number number one Mo Sheikh's number away. When when then when Mo Sheikh said, "I don't want to be speaking to Abdul Gupta about about let's say who's the guy who left with a bag of money from an apartment in, in mm. yeah in the in what forgot the place man. But like so he doesn't want to speak about intelligence stuff with random civilians. No, you can't. You shouldn't yeah, be allowed shouldn't to. to. And then what did levels of classification? And then, right? and then what did Zuma yeah. do? He went to the guy underneath Mo Sheikh and then he's like, I'm the president. I am telling you give Abdul Gupta what he wants. And then that's how intelligence Atul. Atul. Don't, don't call him Abdul when he's been <laughs> he's been our shadow president. You should know his name by now. Atul Gupta. Atul Gupta. Former president of the United, of, of South Africa. Yeah. Exactly. So then Zuma United proceeds to undermine our intelligence. And then that's how the Guptas got away with landing at Vatorkloff and no one knew it coming. We, we know this stuff, says Pumi, but so it's not that, broadcast. But that makes it worse. If you ask me, that's worse, right, Pumi? Because we know about it and yet we are powerless to resist people actually taking over the machinery of state and putting South Africa at risk. Yeah. There is nothing that I can think of that is more important for a government than to maintain security inside and outside. Absolutely. Clearly, this is not something we can do. And it doesn't matter how good our intelligence services are. If nobody's listening to them, it's a waste of time. No, that's the thing. The intelligence was co-opted by Zuma to, to drive a certain narrative. Well, so they also co-opted so he could figure out who his enemies were and use that information against them. That's why. That's what I'm saying. So it is good. So even Rika, to a certain point, is Pumi, like you were talking about like uh, how the think, monitoring. Right. Rika was proven unconstitutional. And Rika was literally monitoring all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, correct. I mean, they probably got stuff on. So you're you telling me that intelligence is not they, good. They've stored up a whole bunch of files on Pumi and you and I just yeah. so that in case one day we become a problem, they can release the files. All right. And I don't care. Go ahead, guys. Release whatever you Put want. Put it on a big screen um, like in China. Go for it. Yeah. Take away my social credit score. I'd, frankly, I'd be complimented if I was decided by this government to be an enemy of the state. 
Do you think that these explosions, like the one we had in Bree Street the other day, there was one in Kempton Park the very next day, there have been a couple of these things that have happened. Do you think that these are acts of, of, of wanton sabotage or do you think that they're just unrelated coincidences? So I do think that they are unrelated coincidences. And this is how the media works, right, is when something is – top of mind and exciting because remember so there was the Bree Street explosion which which by the way they still don't nobody's know telling yeah. us, nobody's saying how it nobody's happened nobody's telling us what it is or how it happened yeah. or why it happened but literally the next day there was an explosion in a house of a gas heater in mm. Bramfisherville that mm-hmm. was reported on then Kempton Park there was it's like the tavern that drinkings was and the murders you, you know we we fall into the spiral. It becomes this is the this is the fad of the week. Yeah, it's, a, so it's in are. the zeitgeist. Oh. Explos- gas explosions are in the zeitgeist currently. It's what it's the fad. Um, so this is an interesting question, and I, I think maybe there are a lot of people thinking about this too. Uh, those weren't riots, says Congo Chris. Those riots of last was it last year? Yeah, before twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Um, were state protected acts of violence as an act of intimidation by a former president? I think that's clear, but. No one's gone to jail, as far as I can tell. No one's gone to jail. But even though intelligence and, 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 and does Jacob Zuma at the moment is in Russia, as I understand it. Is this correct? <laughs> yes. Our former president. But for medical treatment, Gareth. You yeah, need for, to classify for medical, for medical because, treatment. Because, of course, despite the… Uh, Jacob Zuma… The, despite the NHI being like the best thing ever yeah, and we're, our hospitals… We're assured that the NHI is a real winner. Yeah. But that must be put aside because our former president needs Russian medical care. Of course, it couldn't have anything to do with the fact that those are still his best friends in the world. Exactly. And that's also where former deputy president then Didi Mabuza, Didi Mabuza used and to then, go. And then says Pumi speculated that it was a poisoning because Russia are poison specialists. They are. I remember yeah, that episode. Exactly right. <laughs> so I don't know how much of this we should take seriously so, and how much we shouldn't, but it worries, no, no, it's worries me. It's interesting that the former president is in Russia at the exact same time as there is a Russia-Africa summit happening in Moscow. Exactly. He's yeah. there to broker something. Yes. Oh, or he's there to sell something, or, or probably. Just, or you sell say, more of you Africa. You say broker or just break? <laughs> no, he's, he's there to sell more of Africa. So, like, before Zuma was deposed, right, one of the things, like, one of the things that he was about to do was about to sell a huge chunk of KZN to China. Mm. Uh, so now people, so the way it was advertised by the ANC government, oh, China's going to bring a brake factory to South Africa. Uh, yeah, uh, we were told this whatnot. is the foreign yeah. direct investment. Yeah, yeah. And the, but like, but when you read the document, China was like, we're going to bring Chinese labor. We're going to bring. We're going to basically going to build. They're going to build a little China in Durban, mm-hmm. and the currency will be whatever the currency in, in the yen, and it will all go outside of China. We were literally just making this fight. We just need land. That's all we need. And Zuma was like, a okay. And then that's how they got him out because he was going to sell his people. But again, Zuma was so great. But this is not like a bashing on Zuma and whatnot. But what I want to say to the explosions, I think it's a bit of both, says Pumi. I think it is coincidence. And I think it is, though, there is a correlation. But there's what's the saying? Causation does not equal correlation. Correlation does not equal causation. Somewhere there. But so- the explosions can be attributed to one thing. They're not all related, but the underlying factor or the common denominator is that they are all due to some kind of negligence. All right. Someone is sleeping at the wheel. I think a lot of people are asleep at the wheel, including <laughs> our president, which, uh, again, I'm, no, I'm he's always, on that, that morning walk. He's, uh, he's also – no, he's not on a morning walk unless he's walking in St. Petersburg because he arrived in St. Petersburg last night for the <laughs> – um, I, I know this isn't really related to politics, but it is 
it probably affects more people's lives than we realize. And I think more people are interested in this story than they are in Zuma in Russia or even, you know, the intelligence services or any of that stuff we've discussed so far. Um, Sievan Delan has been put to – no, I, I try, just try for a second to take me seriously. I've never watched Sievan Delan. I don't know anything about it. I'm not a soap opera fan. But I think that South Africa has this long track record of being massively into soap operas. Mm. Our soap operas are the most watched TV shows in the country. They beat the news in every category mm. across all LSMs, rich people, poor people, old people, young people, South Africans generally – we're one of the most successful export markets for foreign soap operas. And when we make our own, they're even more popular. Mm. You know, so Seven Alarm, which I've never watched, <laughs> had to be axed due to poor management and the ongoing financial crisis at the SABC. Now, what's sad about this is every time the government is given something to manage, and this was always a state thing. It was started by the old national party, the South African Broadcasting yeah. Services. They would – they would do what they were told. It's like, they would do what they were told. They would broadcast propaganda. Nothing really changed. There was a brief window. And I can say this because I worked there and I never had political interference until the very end. I was allowed to interview anyone I wanted. We could talk about anything we wanted to. Obviously, as Fresh and I discussed the other day, we weren't being watched like other stations. Like, they didn't want the, the black people to get. <laughs> The wrong information. Yeah, no, no. But but didn't matter, didn't matter if middle class blacks and middle class whites who were listening to, to me and Fresh, it didn't matter if they got the wrong information because they already had the internet and blah, blah, blah. But if you can keep the poor people who actually watch SABC TV and listen to SABC radio, if we could keep them misinformed or propagandized, we'd be fine. Even that's fallen by the wayside. The SABC is like a, a giant leaky, creaky cart where more is falling off of the cart than there is on it anymore. And we keep putting the fruit back into the cart, and we're not seeing the we big We don't, because South Africans, well, they, they can't collect TV licenses from us anymore, which used to be a, a, a they used to try and... <laughs> like you talked about this last week, right? Try and morally Do you know uh, how they make us feel bad. You know how they've been back during the TV license oh, back They are what? They tried to hook it on Do the, the right TVs. thing. No, 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 no. Oh, Leave right. the propaganda. So after that propaganda failed, they tried to backdoor it through the DSTV subscription because mm -hmm. more people are subscribed to DSTV. They tried to backdoor it through, um, what else? Like people, Netflix and whatnot. Because now they have an app, SABC Plus, because my, they realize. The whole reason I brought up the Sierra Milan thing, because we could talk about how stupid and useless the SABC are. Till the, the day ends and we could run out of days if we actually went into the detail. I don't know who's in charge there anymore. I don't care. It's not important to me. The SABC doesn't – it doesn't – I don't get involved in it in any way. My day-to-day -day existence does not have a single second dedicated to SABC television or radio anymore. But I am the exception. I understand that thousands, if not millions of people. Yeah, I, I still I, – I still – Tune into SABC News because I tune into a lot of news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you're it's, such it's, a news nerd. <laughs> yeah, this is for me just like plugged in. <laughs> it's, it's important. It's so it's important to it's important to know not only what they are saying but also what other people are hearing. Fair enough. But if you take away one of the few things that South Africans love because it's been mismanaged, I mean, a soap opera is such an easy way for them to make money because the viewers are. The numbers of viewers are huge during those things. This may have Although, been in Afrikaans. It had I mean, millions of viewers, and they've canned it because they couldn't manage the things, it properly. Of all the things that Claudi did wrong, one of the worst things was that Claudi 
no, was actually selling SABC's back catalog to multi-choice. Yeah, they did. Um, and that, and uh, I mean, if I, if if I were a minister, if I were a minister, <laughs> one of the things that I think I would advocate for very strongly is to remove SABC from the DSTV bouquet. Because SABC, part of the reason why SABC is in such financial ruin is because they they can no longer charge as much as they used to for advertising because DSTV carries all that advertising. Right. And, and for media planners, and no. for media planners, it is just much easier to purchase media that can be disintermediated over well, a DSTV set of bouquets of channels. And they don't have a lot of advertising now either. Also, right? what, what do people in the entertainment or media business in this country have to look forward to as far as opportunities go? I mean, we're a small business here. We can employ a very small handful of people. We can create opportunities for as, as, as many as we possibly can. But it's by no means as big as the opportunity that could exist for somebody who wanted to go and work when the SABC was still hiring people and training people and all of that stuff. It's not happening anymore. Which so is- we're actually losing talent. I would, I would even go so far as to say that Boputatswana did more during apartheid for media in this country than the SABC has done post-94 for that. Well, Radio Bob, for sure. Radio Bob, no, no, no. Bob TV. Listen, <laughs> that, was, that was an incredible – and it was because – Mangope had some idea of what he wanted to achieve there. So many talented people came out of that system. Some of them are still working in media mm-hmm. today. They are the sometimes the most important people in the media business today. And I think, you know, the SABC should be ashamed of itself. It's a shameful situation. Like, and we're paying for it, which makes me even more angry. <laughs> so, what, so now to make it political, right? Go on. So, okay, so with the SABC, the mismanagement of the SABC, like, like ruining stuff, right? Number one, what they did is the 90-10 rule. Uh, soap operas, very big in South Africa. What did they do? They eliminated Bold and the Beautiful. They eliminated, um, what do you call it? Days of Our Lives. Days, yeah. Biggest draws in South Africa, biggest eyes on SABC. Every day, everyone knew, right? Right. And then the generations thing happened. That was more no. of an, like a production thing, not an SABC thing, more of a production thing. But again, it should have been managed. It should have been managed well, right? right. So they stumbled their way through this. So then we move on to, all these things that they did, they implemented the 90-10 rule, and we, but there's no funding for this stuff. No one tunes in for this stuff. So mismanagement all goes back to political because what did we do? We deployed political cadres like Claudia Mutsuaneng who wanted – what's the thing? That thing – yeah. That thing which that, you can never define you can, Which you can never define, yeah. but he ruined it. All right, well – uh, we have a guest in the studio with us this morning. Let me quickly introduce him. Thank you very much for coming in this morning. Blessing is uh, a very, very interesting man. He is uh, Blessings Ramob. He is a political activist, accomplished engineer. He's got a wealth of experience in the mining industry, which is obviously a huge part of our economy in this country. And he currently holds a position of president and chief executive officer of the Mining Forum of South Africa. So you're a busy man. You have a lot going on every day. Nice to see you and thank you for coming. Uh, thank you very much and uh, for inviting me and uh, good sure. morning to you and to your listeners. Blessings, tell me quickly, what is the state of mining in this country? Because we hear lots of people saying, oh, it's tougher than ever. The margins are so thin. Mining companies are not making the kind of money that they used to make, which is unbelievable because some of them are making an absolute killing at the moment. Also because the commodity prices have stabilized and so, yeah, in what, some what, instances have actually become much better than they were in so, a couple of years ago. Yeah, what, what is the state of mining? 
If, if someone said to you, how are we doing? Because mining is such an important pillar of our economy. What would you say? Yeah, so uh, thank you very much again uh, for inviting me. Sure. A lot of people will think that uh, the mining industry is, is, is a dying industry. But uh, according to how I believe it, you know, I think that uh, it's still rising. Um, but although if you can look at the statistics in terms of uh, the production and uh, the contribution in terms of uh, you know the economy and the GDP, it's huge. You know, that itself it's huge, but it has you know it, it has decreased in, in terms of if you compare it uh, from previous years and uh, looking at what it is the state of mining sector uh, currently. You know, um, we have got challenges in the in the in the in the mining sector in terms of uh, you know. Uh, but we heard him talking about we heard him talking about beneficiation. Yes, policy, policy is is in the center of uh, everything. So you you find out that uh, the investors uh, or the mining bosses are not happy with the regulation. Uh, the introduction of the mining charter is what actually you know causes a lot of uh, you know. Uh, uh, I would say that. Uh, um, headache in the industry um, because of uh, the Department of Mineral Resources will speak about uh, uh, you know transformation in the mining sector in terms of uh, mining charter introduction, mm-hmm. uh, which speaks to 26 percent in terms of uh, you know ownership of uh, the, the 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 mines and all of that. But uh, you, you know the industry itself is is not. Uh, uh, you know, uh, keen to actually transform in terms of, uh, uh, you know, increasing that. And although also, you know, in terms of reaching that 26%, there are those mining companies that uh, have, you know, made improvement in terms of making sure that the ownership is 26%. But there are those that are still, you know, reluctant in terms of, uh, you know, uh, complying with so, the law. So who, who's making who's making the most money here? Who who's really doing well out of mining at the moment? The mining bosses, uh, the people who have ownership, the government. How does it all work? Who's really okay. who's making the cash? Because there's definitely a lot of gold. The mining and platinum. the mining companies are making the cash. Right. Uh, if you look at uh, you know, we the, the, there are a lot of issues in the mining sector, regulatory issues um, in terms of monitoring. Uh, we have got a lot of tax illicit outflows in the country, right? Mm. Currently, if you look, let's look at the contribution to the economy in terms of currently how much uh, how, how much percent you know the mining sector contributes is about seven point five of GDP of GDP in the past years, ten years back or something like it's that. Like Twenty. We used to talk about twelve percent, even in, more in, back in the day. Okay. Yeah, I mean it was like it yeah. was double so, digits for sure. And also, you look at uh, you know. Contribution in terms of employment in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, now we are sitting about half a million in terms of the numbers, you know, uh, yeah. people that which are absorbed by the industry. It used to be about a million uh, people. So it, it will tell you that, uh, you know, things are not actually well, but let's look about, uh, let's look at the profit. Right. Profit, and you look at the production itself. It's not actually increasing. Yes, in other commodities, is is decreasing. In other commodities, is increasing. But you look at you know the the the, the tax illicit outflows that which mining companies they declare less 
than what they are producing. So for me, itself is stealing from the country. You are actually stealing directly from the economy, which now affects in terms of uh, well. Then it's two. Know, then it's two kinds of stealing because yeah. the stealing that's happening that you're talking about illicit outflow that's a problem clearly. Yeah. But then the tax they do take in is yeah. stolen as yes, well. Yes, again, so. it's stolen <laughs> on the other much. side. So double, both double dipping. Is it not? It's double dipping. Yeah, well, that I, is. You, you know, we we've spoken a little bit about mining and and how it's evolved around the world. Is this not also a function of the fact that South Africa has not kept up with the evolution? of not just the mining sector, but also we spoke about beneficiation just now, but also lengthening the value chain of what mining can be to South Africa, where we're still simply sitting in the primary part of the the value chain. Is it not that we as a country, not just in policy, but also just in terms of having the workforce, having the thought processes to be able to to actually have more areas in which we participate, where yeah. we're still just mining and sending all of the mineral if, overseas. If we monitor properly in terms of regulatory and compliance, we can take the GTP to 20% and plus, right? You talk about beneficiation. Most of our minerals that which we are mining, as raw as they are, we are transporting them outside. Yeah, we are shipping them outside to create jobs elsewhere. Mm. Right, which that is the if if we introduce you know the the government have got good policies, but the implementation is 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 flawed or I can it's say lacking. you know it's lacking um in terms of it speaks you know the NDP speaks to beneficiation and mining twenty thirty this speaks about beneficiation you know introduction of all of these things which are nice to when you hear them so but I just want, to, I just want also, to say you talk about yeah. the NDP we did speak earlier that we, yeah. we're having this conversation about yeah. the I just to socialism please. because that's important for people who don't know. Yeah. NDP yeah. is a National Development Plan, which is a policy of the ANC, of the ANC which speaks to their future in terms of governing the country. Now, when you look at that, it's not only in, in terms of employment. It, it, if you t- you introduce a beneficiation, indirectly you're also creating more jobs, and which we are not uh, we are not doing that. But isn't it also beneficiation? It's fine to, to – to, I don't think anyone in the country would be upset or offended by the fact that the mine workers, the people of those areas should benefit from the mines, which correct. are a source of wealth for this country. Correct, correct. But it doesn't go to those people. I mean I don't think like a poor miner in Rustenburg is necessarily scoring on any kind of beneficiation. That's just a fancy word for spreading the wealth around. And all that happens is that wealth goes to politicians mm. who are well-connected. Yeah. Hence the. It's not beneficiation. It's that's stealing. Which is also, I mean, one of the first things that you talk about when you talk about the mining charter, in even for you, the emphasis is always on the ownership. Whereas the charter actually has quite a number of different areas in which it focuses. Correct. But everybody is so focused on getting a piece of the ownership yes, yes, of yes. these mines just, because they are greed. more interested Correct. in their yeah. own personal. Correct. No. <laughs> no, I just wanted like wanted to speak on the mining charter. You did mention the mining charter, sir, right? So you said this twenty three percent. Can you just explain twenty six percent? Can you explain what that is to the people? Yeah. So basically, it's divided into communities. 
communities, yeah. shareholding, and yeah. then the employee, the employees, the mine workers, I can say, and also entrepreneurs, right? Entrepreneurs. So who yeah. are these people? So these are the entrepreneurs. Of course, the it's politicians. Yeah. Have you ever that, seen that's that? What, that? That's what I wanted you to say. I wanted to say, <laughs> the who, are these, connected, who are these right? people? So that, that I, yeah. also, Why did you ask that? When you yeah. and I yes. first met all those many years ago in yeah. Marikana, yeah. one of the, the biggest bones of contentions for that community was also about a fund yeah. which had been created by the mining houses in the Platinum Belt, right. which was under the curatorship of the then Northwest yes. government. Uh, government and, yes. and all that money is it currently... Looted, yes. That's yes. why That's why I wanted to bring yeah. up this 26 This transformation yeah. that we're leading to, who does it really benefit? So, yeah. The mining charter is beautiful. Again, yeah. there I mean, is this in, in appropriation. Theory. In, in, theory. in theory. So like, even if we were to run with the EFF slogan, because that was one of my questions, Bennett, like with the EFF nationalizing the mines, how would that work? In your no, no, opinion? but before we even answer that, I think we've come to an, an important conclusion here. If, blessings, what you're saying is that we need more uh, execution of the regulations. Yeah. In other words, the, the, the laws and the rules that we've made seem, seem to be good, but it's going to politicians anyway and politically connected people. Then why bother? Then we shouldn't be complying with those regulations because, frankly, the people who are benefiting from that are the crooks. Yeah, there are many elements of the mining charter. speaks to beneficiation. It's one element that which we can look at skills development. One element that which, you know, we can look at in terms of, you know, empowering these graduates who are looking for, you know, internships, you know. That uh, sounds nice, but we're not doing that. But we are not doing, uh, we are not doing that. So then it's just pie in the sky. Um, ownership. If you look at, uh, you spoke about communities that uh, these mining companies are operating. Hmm. It's one of the ghost towns ever. Yeah. There is bad. If you go to mining towns or mining areas where, you know, it's, it's worse. There is poverty. There's everything. Development is not there. The road are very, very damaged. Mm. But, so but, 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 but mining, besides that, I yeah. mean, that shouldn't be the responsibility of the mining yeah. companies anyway. It's they the have responsibility it's the responsibility of the government. Of the government. But, the government. Mm. but the mining companies, look, they haven't covered themselves in glory and people are suspicious of them for various reasons. I just don't understand why we keep talking about how the companies, the private companies need to comply, but we're not looking at where the money goes, even if they do comply. Right, yeah. And once we do find out where the money goes, we're like, well, actually, maybe it's better that it's stolen from there. <laughs> I mean, like Zama Zama miners, for example, who, you know, Pumi and I spoke about just last week with this Bree Street explosion. And God knows how much uh, harder it is for those people because some of them just, they died underground and we never find out mm. about them. Yeah. How much of a threat is illegal mining? mining. In this country, especially around Johannesburg, and 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 what are the serious dangers around this? Uh, not, if, I mean, not just Leoto comes on the show often and talks Valcom. to us about the kind of illegal mining activity that happens in Valcom and mm. the and the economy. You were speaking about mm. Rika, the yeah. economy, the yeah. illicit economy that uh, that mining has in that community, and how it's warped. The way the community operates. Yeah. Just to not pile on blessings. So like, <laughs> just, I'm just going to add one more. Thing. I'm just going to add one more question. I'm, I'm, not pile on. On I'm just I'm adding. adding. Yeah. I'm just adding. I'm just adding to the stakeholders in this meeting. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. But like, so we saw this illicit mining. So illicit mining does have, it is happening. That's why, to your point, that's why the GDP. Like, what do you call it? You, you said it went from 12% to now what? Six. 7.5. Yeah, 7.5. But now, <laughs> The gold production is still the same, I think. 
but no yes. one is accounting. There is challenges, not the same as such, but you know, not that much difference in so, terms of production. So who's regulating the regulators? Okay. Who's watching now, the watchmen? Um, the, the 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 Department of Mineral Resources has got the responsibility to govern. Can we just in talk terms about the fact that that is looked after look by Gwede Bandashe for yeah, a second. To look at compliance, right? Mm-hmm. I can tell you that we've got regions in each and every province. We've got uh, what you call the Department of Mineral Resources offices, and those people are empowered to make sure that they go into these mining companies and visit them every day and make sure that in terms of compliance, you know, whether it's safety, whether it's anything that has to do with the mine, you know. Um, in, in terms of, you know, you spoke about the issue of uh, the illicit outflows when coming to uh, illegal mining, yeah. right? We, we are losing about uh, 20 billion rand in mm. terms of taxes, in terms of taxes and also looking at, uh, you know, uh, sales, uh, you're looking at, uh, so the money is that which is supposed to actually... Not in, in the book. No, just, not in the book. Just under the table. Yeah, just that's in, on, when coming to Texas, right? <laughs> yeah. That that twenty billion range is supposed to add it into you know the GDP. GDP. That itself is not is not happening. The 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 illegal mining is doing a lot of damages, especially in the areas of Gauteng and uh, and other provinces. But I want to tell you this: <laughs> illegal mining is not only happening. In you know in, in these abandoned mines, no, uh, but it, it's also happening in, within uh, you know this well-structured uh, mining mm, companies. I'm sure the, the no, no, likes no. of Sivania. I saw a report that you know they were complaining about that you know they've got also illegal miners underground. I'm a mining engineer by profession. When I was working at Goldfields and also at Sivania, you know underground mining, gold mine. We, you know, we experience those mine, you know, they will tell us about, uh, you know, uh, be careful of uh, uh, illegal miners. This is how you do when you. I mean, you you're come in a tunnel and these guys yes. can come and out you of come the across them. <clears throat> they, will the take, they will take your food and they're armed. They're armed and they're very dangerous. It's, you know, it's, it's actually organized crime, you know. Yeah. Uh, and this makes me yeah. think that the police have a responsibility, which they're not able yeah. to. To, to yeah. either they're not able to do it to to regulate these illegal miners, or they are paid to turn a blind eye. But they're also wise now. They go to the abandoned uh, slime dams. Slime dams is this huge yeah. mountain yeah, that yeah. the slimes. Yes, yes. So they go to those dams. They remine them. Uh, if they they go to those these old uh, mine shafts which are abandoned, they go underground and they excavate. You know, they go. They work in a very uh, difficult <clears throat> working conditions, you know, because there's no ventilation down mm. there, you know. Uh, there's just scavenging gold around yeah. and, yeah, they, they and go in for across. And, the time. But they, 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 they are very organized, you know. They, there's supply for food. There's supply for transportation. They can stay underground. They so if it's <coughs> organized, are there kingpins? And if they're, if they're kingpins, then are those people connected to of legitimate mining or yes. are they people who are connected no, to other stuff? No, it's not legitimate mining. But there, there must be a way in which uh, they connect back 
into the legal part of the business. Because once you have mined the gold, you can't just how does, how does it leave yeah. the Once country? you have refined it, I mean, we you have the, to we get the it back into the gold mine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's, so it's it a is. guide to everything, to yeah. what is happening. But this yeah. is the point, is that it leaks back into the system. Yeah, Whether somehow it goes back into making sure that that money is washed properly. Absolutely. And, uh, back to, you know. So who's But what we are talking this? about is we're actually also talking about a systemic failure of both the private and the public sector here because all of the all of the security systems that mining companies have in place they are unable they are unable to safeguard their own material the fact that they do leave their mines unguarded even when they have when they are no longer mining in those areas DRD down just in, towards Krugersdorp. Yeah. I was in that area on Monday. Yeah. The fact that they leave it, they just abandon it. And those shafts are still available to be mined. And don't forget the fact that the people who go under there to do that mining are former employees yeah. of these mining yeah. companies. Yeah, so we, we the government is failing in that they are not doing enough in terms of policing. Bagabantu, you talk about the fact that they are either being paid to turn a blind eye or they are not there to begin with. Yeah. This is what you're talking about. It's, it's a systemic failure on both sides. And the truth of the matter is that it's a very lucrative failure mm. for both sides. Mm. So isn't it convenient that they are turning a blind eye? I don't know. But like, just to shift the, the topic here, like De Beers, right? De Beers, what? After 10 years, they found, uh, they started producing diamonds. Like, do you know, do you know anything about that? Can you explain that to us? In terms of like the beers, when they well, how 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 did they find diamonds in the what the Venetia mine? They have been mining, yeah, uh, you know, um, uh, diamond for a very long long time. time, yeah, yeah. So, in, in terms of the 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 what do you call the the diamond production mm. is doing well, yeah. Uh, commodities across um, gold is doing well. Um, Look also at coal is doing well, yeah. but by the way, South Africa we we you know we speak about other uh, other commodities. PGMs we, are we doing got, very we well. We have got the PGMs that are doing PGMs well, which we have got the largest well. reserves Platinum in the world, metals. right? In terms of vanadium, the PGMs, the chrome, and others. You know, we 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 have Manganese. got the largest. Mm. You know, we you know I, I, I was reading this other uh, document. Uh, from the the mineral council about you know what we have in terms of uh, uh, what you call um, you know the reserves in the country in terms of the amount itself you know it's estimated about two point five uh, trillion dollars you know in terms of what is still there underground all right uh, you know we, we have got a lot of potential in the country in terms of uh, making use of our minerals to change the status quo of our people, uh, you know, taking them out of poverty. But the question is, are we doing that? We, we are not doing that. We are speaking about the illegal mining. Illegal mining in terms of the solution and what to do is to legalize it because it's illegal. And tax it. Uh, and, and tax it, right? Yeah. And now you look at these mining areas where these uh, illegal miners are going, for example, these abandoned mines. It's those mines which uh, were never rehabilitated. You know, one of the one of the uh, regulation about the mining charter, it speaks to 
rehabilitation when you are done with mining yeah what do you do you to know, the you environment build, you, you close that place you plant trees yeah. you you make it the way you found it right yeah. um, uh, so they are not doing exactly that right where for example a mining company can hand it to small scale miners mm. you know give them licensing and therefore you know you you also educate them in terms of where to sell those uh, what you call how to trade those uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. those mineral you form Formalize the industry. And now, you know, as much as we are saying that uh, as black people, we want 26%, you know, of uh, ownership uh, through uh, what you call the beneficiation beneficiation and the mining sector and all of that. But we need to start somewhere, okay, in terms of the learning how. The learning how is very, very important. We need to this Through this small-scale licensing, you know, we are able to learn through and, and frankly, uh, if we did the small-scale licensing, yeah. there, are, there are many more opportunities to be cre- yeah. created for small businesses, yeah. uh, you know, small mining outfits that people, for example, could take the silt in the silt dams yeah. that you were talking about. They could specialize in that yeah. and they could end up drawing a whole lot more value out of mines that have already been processed. Correct. There's Correct. still gold in there. I, I had Correct. a question. Why do we still have mine dumps? Aren't the mining companies they to, are to, being to, reduced. To, to speak? They're, they're very, very much, uh, very many fewer if that's even correct okay. language. That doesn't there sound are less, right, Kevin. There are less mine <laughs> dumps around Johannesburg. Compared to before. before. Yeah. But because now they have been given to uh, what you call uh, some of these mining companies, old mining companies, they are selling those to other com- mining companies. If you go to, to Renfante, yeah. for example, I saw one slime dam about seven years ago. Now it's no more because they are reprocessing. Even as you drive yeah. down the N1, yeah. you know, so down they are actually reprocessing the that with the new technology beneficiation. So they're extracting gold out of it. So that itself also can be a mechanism to actually give the small scale miners uh, this. Uh, so I want to know what we are doing right, blessings. We've, we've spent a lot of time <laughs> talking about all of the things that we're getting wrong. Yeah. What is, is there anything that is being gotten right in the sector? Quite few. Okay. Reason being is because of the Department of Mineral Resource is in the center of everything. You see, if we get compliance and regulation right in terms of monitoring and evaluation, making sure that these mining companies, you know, we we we, we force them to you know, to, to, to comply. That, that itself is not happening. The communities, let's start where the mining is happening. These uh, mining communities are individuals that which they take the first, the first punch when coming to environmental issues mm-hmm. in those mining areas. The poverty that which, you know, the trucks are passing every day, the dust and everything. If It, it has to start there. Right, making sure that they comply in terms of uh, you know making sure that the communities wherever they are they they benefit in terms of uh, skills development is also very well, very important. What about the the unions? Because the the mine workers union used to be a very, very powerful, powerful thing. We of yeah. course know that they've split up. They're now different unions yeah. representing different people. A lot of controversy around that, especially around Marikana. You remember that was where it all came. There to have been head. improvements when coming to communication between okay. the unions and the mining bosses. Okay, the, so the unions and the mining bosses are now getting along better. Yes, it's much but, better compared but, to before. But are the unions doing what they're actually there to do? I mean, these union members are paying fees yeah. to the mining unions. The mining unions have become massive investment houses. 
political, bu- political they've driven. Become, they've become political yeah. as well. They're, they're highly politicized. They've got people in the upper echelons who are also highly politicized. I don't know that there's as much value for a mine worker now as there was in the 90s or in the 80s even. I agree. And there were tremendously powerful mm. organizations that could do mm. things for workers' rights. It's become just another greedy extension of corporate mm. capitalism. Yeah. I'm afraid, and I can't believe I'm saying that as someone yeah. who doesn't. I don't because particularly some of like them, unions. Some of them now, they own and shares. Yeah. So now, so now like, like, let, I'm going to try to bridge the yeah. point from the negative to the positive through Sispumi's point, right? Yeah. So Sispumi did point out that both the private and government are failing at regulation and improving these communities. Yeah. So both private companies and government is failing these communities. They are both failing. They are both failing. We, yeah, and, so are the unions. To, and so yeah. are the unions, yes, we, which yes, are supposed yes. to be looking after the workers. Correct, correct. So government is failing its people, yeah. the private companies are failing its employees, yeah. and the unions are failing its members. Get, and then you get people like the current president of the country, who was, also, a former, who was a former mine steward. owner. Shop steward. No, no, but hang on. He was Before also former, formerly a mine owner. Yeah. And in Marikana, he's still got some, answer, some questions to answer. We know that there are huge problems with the complicity, the, the lying in bed together of private corporations, of mining and unions, and of government. They basically are sitting there making sure they can skim as much cream off the top mm. as possible. That's who the suffers? new tripartite alliance. The, the workers and the ordinary people of South Africa who don't see any of that value. So now what I'm saying, Blessing, is how do we improve that in terms of regulation? Because I went to VITS, right? There's a big, big building, big, beautiful building called the Chamber of Mines where these mining engineers come from and you okay. see droves of them. Like, it so, was the beginning of VITS, Baba, out there in, mm-hmm. out there in Kimberley. Mm-hmm. was yeah. really to provide so, the sector with workers, with workers, with engineers. So where is the transformation? Where are those graduates going in order to fix the system that we have discovered throughout this entire chat? That is I'm broken. one of the graduates uh, in the mining sector. So mm. I'm a mining engineer. So I know the industry. All right. Um, we are producing talent. The universities are uh, every year they are producing students. But if I can tell you that most of those graduates now, they are unemployed. So, how do we fix it? Because these are the people, these are the people. Why? These are the people Hold that, on. Sorry. Why are they unemployed? They are unemployed because some of them, they, if I can tell you, they don't even have practicals. They, they still looking that those who have graduated even five years back and they are still scavenging for, for practicals. The, the, the mines can only, you know, uh, employ a certain number of, uh, of individuals. And now you also look at the fourth industrial revolution is here, mechanization in mm-hmm. the mining sector. You know, um, mines are mechanizing in terms of, uh, you know, machines are now, you know, uh, doing the work instead of uh, you know, individuals. And so that's basically a challenge. Now the question would be how do we modernize and move from, you know, old operation in, in terms of, uh, you know, how we operation, how operating before to a mechanized system. So itself now the government has to come up with a, a plan together with the, the stakeholders, which is the private sector, the mining bosses to say, how do we solve this issue? And to make sure that, you know, we, we absorb this uh, and, and retrain may be very, very important. 
uh, retrain these uh, graduates who are coming out of the university. And and that also speaks to the content itself that they are, we, are, we are getting from the university. So back to it's my still, earlier statement still, that South Africa has still, not evolved. Has not we evolved. have not Why are we yeah, so we're still producing miners. At, you know, uh, 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 you know, the... the, the the content that which is still absorbing from the university is the conventional, which is the one of operations, mm. not a mechanized one. Mm. So the fourth industrial revolution is here, and uh, we also need to change. Okay, but you all say it's not working, but it's working for the people who are involved. Point the take. No, 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 sure. So I don't think, and I mean, it, it must put you in a difficult position sometimes because of the job that you have, trying to bring these interests together. Mm. But it seems to me like we're the only ones... The ordinary people of South Africa, the only ones who are sitting there going, this isn't working. It's working for the, working for the mining bosses. It's working for the unions. It's working for the government. It's so, working for the Zamazams. And working for the Zamazams. So why the hell would any of them, them want to change? the system. Right? Why would yeah. you want to change You're basically the fighting a losing battle, which is why I appreciate you coming in here. Of course. You, by the way, have been very controversial on uh, social media. Yeah. You, make, you make a lot of noise there. Someone asked in the comments just now, is this the blessings who makes a lot of noise on social media? Do you get any trouble for that? Do you get called in and, and asked to please like take your foot off the gas a little bit? You're criticizing government. You're criticizing the unions. You're criticizing the mine yes, owners. Yes, of course. You know, it'll be that one who says, you're talking too much. You must keep quiet. <laughs> yeah, well, don't listen So to now, them. but uh, don't one of the things The reason is, we wanted is, you here is because you, you talk. You know, it's about talking about issues that which you see, right, mm -hmm. in terms of the government. The government of the ANC has not been perfect. There's a lot of there's a lot of there, there's no a lot of here. issues there, right? Mm. I think there's people that which are self-centered who do not care about the people, but they are there. You know, we've got people who are in big positions and influential positions, but they don't care about ordinary individuals. They just want to be there. There's one of them who talks yeah. like this. I was talking up to someone saying, you know, these politicians, those, you see them fighting up there, mm. but when they are together, they are not fighting, you mm. know. Um, they are together. They, in fact, the they, are fr place. they are friends, right? Yeah. It's just That's a show they that they comrades. put up for us to fight amongst ourselves. Mm -hmm. So what I'm trying to say is that, you know, the the, the corruption has damaged the the reputation of of this country. You know, and uh, even investors, you know, they are very skeptical when coming yeah. to you know bringing money into the country and investing. You know, if you look at the investment in terms of you know foreign direct investment into the country. It's now. It's not the same as before, especially no. in the mining sector, because of the mismanagement of funds. You are talking about that. Uh, you know, the stealing of money is not only the private sector through tax illicit outflows, but mm -hmm. also in the in the in the in the in the pu public sector in terms of how the government is running this country. You know, budget every year in and out. You know, it's been read to say this is how much we are going to contribute. For example, to this. You know, project to this project in this place, in this place, but all that money do not precipitate and reach the yeah. people, you know, because of, uh, you know, everyone uh, must of, get its cut of corruption. Yeah. So, as you are saying, that, you know, we, we can be vocal on social media in terms of, you know, uh, pointing out uh, this mismanagement of funds by the country, uh, you know, leaders. Yeah, so I think that we need, to, you know, we, we we need to do that. We need to, to no, point fingers if someone is doing up, wrong. It's 8 o'clock. You know? 
Yeah. Let's no, no, uh, no, go yeah, back yeah, about yeah, you. You've got no, lots on your mind. I've got lots on my mind. Yeah. So number one, this thing of politicians and cadres and comrades and all this thing needs to stop. Number one, these people are public servants. That's why we we should we have a right yeah. to be calling them out on social media. We have a right to be picketing. We have a right to be calling them out all the time. The fact that Julius Malema wants to nationalize the mines is not working. The socialism is not working. This is proven fact. You are talking about illicit mining. Exactly. Work. You because mm-hmm. we have these systems. You saying like what Julius Malema. Is not what he's saying. Nationalization of mines cannot work. It's not new. It's not new. It's already because even yeah. the twenty six percent is not working. Yeah, because of the right. of the corruption and whatnot. I, I do think we've got to wrap this up, but I, I do want to thank you for coming in because we wanted to focus on mining. It's a hugely important part of our economy. You've shed some light on things. Unfortunately, some of the light that we've shed on things doesn't give us a very pretty picture, but you're honest about it, yeah. which I appreciate. And you can follow Blessing, Blessings on uh, Twitter and other social media. He'll find he's very vocal about this stuff. And if you're interested in mining, you need to pay attention to all the sources, and Thank he's a good one. But uh, I also appreciate you wearing the yellow and black for our, you know, Cliff Central <laughs> colors. I like that a lot. <laughs> all right, everybody. That's yeah. all we got time for this morning. But thank you for joining us. Blessings. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you very Pumi, much. Pumi Bakabantu, we'll see you in a couple of days. And have an awesome Thursday, everybody. We'll thank see you, you tomorrow at 6 Woo-hoo. o'clock. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> cheers. Thank you.